And a very warm welcome to worship on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank you. What did we do at the beginning of Lent? Oh, what did we do, Miller? What did we do? The box has got bigger. What did we put in the box? Can you remember? Hallelujah. So we packed away all the hallelujahs. And week by week, this box has got... They're still in there. Oh, what do you think we should do? Open it. Okay, what does it say? Open this end. There you go. Yes, you can open it. <laughs> Oh, I knew the big one would get away. <laughs> the hallelujahs are attached to the balloons. And what do the what do the balloons say? They say, "Happy Easter! Jesus is alive." So we've got our hallelujahs back again. It doesn't go up. Why does it? Oh no, I'm not going there. That was my old job. I could have gone there and spent ages on that, why it doesn't go up. <laughs> but never mind. One, two, three, four, five. One. Are we missing one? I, I know there's one up there. Who's around? I th Irene, I think there's one in the vestry. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, and that means that all the children have a balloon. You've got, oh, well, you can, oh, oh, oh well, I, I think we'll just need to give up. You've got a ribbon. Okay. Right. So, now we've got our hallelujahs back. We've gathered together. Wipe away your tears, for he is risen. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. And let's join together in the response to this. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We stand, if able, to sing the hymn 410, Jesus Christ is risen today, hymn 410.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Lord God, as we gather on this Easter morning, full of joy because you are risen, we ask that you would open our ears to hear afresh the story of Easter. Open our minds to understand your sacrificial love. Open our hearts to know your forgiveness. Open our lips to sing your praises. Open our lives to the wonder and joy of Easter. Jesus Christ, we greet you. Your hands still have holes in them. Your feet are wet from the dew. And with the memory of our names undimmed by three days of death, you meet us, risen from the grave. We perhaps unfail to understand how. We puzzle at the reason why. But you have come, not to answer our questions, but to show us your face. You are alive and the world can rejoice again. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ, when you lived on earth, you taught us how to pray. So hear us as we pray together in your words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <coughs> Boys and girls, I wonder if you get any presents this morning. Have you got an Easter bunny? <laughs> no. The Easter bunny came. Okay. What did you get? He's an Easter egg hunt, so you maybe got an Easter egg? Yeah. yeah, okay. Now, what I want you to think about is why you're giving eggs. Why do you get given eggs today, Hayley? So the stone that was in front of the tomb where, that blocked the entrance to where Jesus was buried was shaped like an egg. And we'll come back to the other wee bit in a minute or two. Can you think back about six weeks to a Tuesday before Lent, before we packed the Alleluia's away? What did you maybe have to eat then? It's a long time ago and I can't remember what I ate yesterday. Pancakes, Pancakes that's right. Shrove Tuesday. And that was a day when all the rich food, remember, was used up and the eggs and the flour and the milk were made into pancakes. Well, Lent is over and it's Easter and people could eat eggs again so maybe that's got something to do with it or what, had, what do you get out of a real egg eventually maybe the yolk mm -hmm. a chick yeah you make a chick an egg can hatch out into a little bird so new life comes from an egg at Easter and at Easter time we've got the Greatest ever message of new life because Jesus, who was crucified on Good Friday and his body was put into the grave, dug out the rock and sealed away with a stone, as you said, Hayley, came back to life today. But not only that, Jesus promises new life to all of us today and every day. There are many, many customs to do with eggs and Easter. And Hayley, you told me you go and roll eggs down the hill. Yeah. Wee bit like the stone that's rolled away from the entrance to the tomb. 
Maybe talk about lambs later on, okay? But I always think that hollow chocolate egg reminds us that inside that chocolate egg, there's nothing, it's empty. And that was like the tomb where Jesus was buried. It was empty on Easter morning. But I thought I'd bring some eggs along with me. But before we look at these eggs, let's remember about that first Easter morning when Mary came along very, very early. And she came along early on the Sunday morning because Jesus was her friend and she wanted to wrap his body up properly with sweet-smelling spices around it. Usually this would have been done when he was buried, but because he died on Good Friday, a Friday, and they were Jewish, they couldn't do any work on the Sabbath, so they had to just bury his body and leave it. So, and remember there's a, a commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So Easter Sunday is the first chance that Mary has to go and visit the grave and look after Jesus' body. And it's early on this Sunday morning and we all know what happens when she arrives at the tomb. What happens? What's Jesus isn't there. The stone's been moved and the tomb is empty. Jesus has gone. How do you think Mary felt? How do you think she felt? Freya? Excited? Happy? Haley? You think she did? She thought, you think she might have been upset because some <laughs> 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 I don't, so you thought she might have been quite upset because she thought somebody had stolen Jesus' body. Okay, so, now, I've got some bits and pieces here with me. And you're just going to have to be patient for a minute. I've got a swing ball bat. Okay. And I've got eggs. Now, I've always wanted to hit an egg. Do you want to make a space for me? I'm going to put a tray down. Do you want to move apart, Ben and Miller? A wee bit. You can sit there if you want. My aim's not very good. Let's put that there. Now, oh, I've always wanted to do this. Oh. Oh, and I missed the tray. <laughs> Oopsie. I think I've got some cleaning up to do. Right, I'm going to try again. Are you ready? Did you get covered in egg, Ben? Did you? Where did it go? Was there any yolk in that? No, is there anything in it, Hayley? No, I meant to hit the tray. I told you I'm not very good. So, there's nothing in it. The egg, oh. oh, well it didn't, did it? Okay, so. So there we are. Oh, and I'm going to be in trouble for this. But never mind. So, 
What, in that one? Because that one, okay, I'll tell you later how I... I know, did you think you were going to get covered in egg like that, Ben? And did you? No, did you get a surprise? Yes, uh-huh. Because the egg was, the egg I hit, meant to hit that tray with was empty. Uh-huh, it was empty. And our eggs, I'll tell you later how I did it, okay? <laughs> Well, I, did, mm, I, I, I emptied the egg out. The egg was hollow, just like the tomb was empty. And Mary didn't expect it to be empty, just like you didn't expect that second egg to be empty, and I didn't expect to hit the carpet with that one. <laughs> but real eggs remind us of the gift, that new life that Jesus offers to everyone. Last Sunday, we celebrated Jesus riding into Jerusalem and we spoke about the horrors of the week to come. On Friday night, those of us that were here, we left Jesus' body sealed in the tomb. And today, we celebrate the stone rolled away, the empty tomb, our risen Lord. What a difference a week makes. Alleluia. We can say alleluia again. That's going to stay. That's going to stay. Well, we'll see. I'll get down on my knees later and scrub it. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. So let's sing again before you go out to the activities you've got planned for this morning. We're going to sing again from the hymn book 194, This is the Day.
situations are in the order of service. If I could draw your attention to the Kirk session is called to meet in the Outreach Centre on Tuesday, this Tuesday at 7.30pm. There is a note there about the civic reception. So next Sunday we'll celebrate the 60th anniversary of the church in Glenburn. And so worship next Sunday will be an all-age service in the Outreach Centre, St George's Outreach Centre, followed by a civic reception. Today is the deadline for replies, so put them in the wee boxes. And just to be absolutely clear, next Sunday there will be no service of worship here in St George's Cosyside as we are worshipping in the Outreach Centre. But talking of anniversaries, that reminded me that it is now a year since we came together as St George's. Because of COVID, it has not been the easiest of years. And as we celebrate our first Easter as St George's, let us remember the new beginnings that Jesus brings to us all. And after worship this morning, there will be sandwiches and cakes served at the tea bar. We hope as many people as possible will be able to join us. And if you've got any photographs or anything that you want to share with folks more widely, you can email them to Stephen at Webb Admin and the address is there for the outreach for the service next Sunday. And that would be good to have as many memories as possible. And these are all the intimations. So let's now come once again to God in prayer. Let's pray. For it's Easter and today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died and was raised to new life. He was raised to new life that our sins might be forgiven. And as we all know, we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. So let's seek Christ's forgiveness now in prayer. Forgive us daily, Lord, the sins which crucify you anew. Forgive the hatred of the crowd which chose Barabbas and the hate so often lying in our hearts. Forgive the selfishness and ambition of Caiaphas and the pride and vanity of all men and women. Forgive the weakness of Pilate and our inability to resist temptation. Forgive the brutalities of the soldiers and the cruelties of our world. Forgive the hard-heartedness and sneers of those who passed by. And forgive us when we sneer at holy things or pass by suffering or ignore unhappiness. Take all these sins from the world, crucified Saviour. Bear them away in your dying body. Let evil die and be conquered forever, cast out by your undying love. We ask this, Lord Jesus, in your name, our risen Lord and Saviour. Amen. We turn now to scripture which we read for us by Jan. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, 
that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he had appeared to Caiaphas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. We turn now to our Gospel reading, which is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped round Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. May God bless us our understanding of his holy word. Amen. Thank you, Jan. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 406, They Crucified My Saviour, hymn 406.
Last Sunday, we celebrated Jesus riding into Jerusalem. During the week, we journeyed with Jesus to the cross. And the hymn that we've just sung summarises the events from Friday to today. On Friday evening, we worshipped here, leaving Jesus crucified, dead and buried. And as we remembered Friday, the words that might come to mind, lies, the lies that were told to convict Jesus. Hate, the apparent hatred of Jesus. Death, his death on the cross. bringing an end, apparently, to his life. <laughs> bringing an end to his life. The defeat that his followers must have felt, having spent three years committed to following Jesus. And the sorrow that must have been tangible amongst his friends, his family, his followers. And I suppose that this space might summarise just how his friends felt on Good Friday. Good Friday, when we left Jesus hurriedly laid to rest in a tomb before night fell and the Sabbath began. We've just sung of Mary running to the tomb. Jan read of Mary going to the tomb. Imagine the scene. Imagine that you are one of the women who cared for Jesus. 
Mary Magdalene, Mary, Martha's sister, Mary, his mother. You are one of the women who stood at the foot of the cross and watched Jesus suffer and die. You probably watched his body being lowered from the cross and hurriedly taken away for burial before night fell and the Sabbath began. And now, well now the Sabbath has ended, dawn is breaking and you travel to the tomb to lay your friend's body to rest in the way that had not been possible on the Friday. Spend a few moments putting yourself in this role as you travel to the tomb. For through senseless barbarity, your revered and beloved leader, your friend, is dead. As far as you're concerned, the world has ended. Things have not happened as you had expected or hoped. How do you feel? But to honour his body and out of devotion, you go to the tomb, taking with you spices and ointments to do what there had been no time to do on the Friday. You are grief-stricken, your eyes full of tears. Imagine that journey. The journey wanting to care for your friend's body, yet not wanting to face the reality of his cruel death once more. And then you reach the tomb, the tomb that you know to have been sealed with a large stone, the tomb with a soldier standing guard outside. And you get there. The stone has gone. The tomb is empty. Empty apart from a pile of cloths, the burial wrappings. You're terrified, perplexed, amazed, all at the same time. You don't know what to think. You don't know what to make of it. You had thought that this, the crucifixion of your friend Jesus, was the definitive end. And as far as you were concerned, there would be no meaningful tomorrow. But something has happened beyond your human ability to understand. Where is Jesus? Does this mean Jesus is in fact alive? This for you is uncharted waters. For God yet again has confounded your expectations. You stand there, puzzled. And then you run to meet Peter and another disciple. After telling them what you'd seen and then seeing for themselves, well, the two disciples, they head back home, leaving you once more alone, bereft outside the tomb. Looking into the tomb, you see two angels and you pour out your heart to them. And once you've done that, you turn round and you see the figure of a man you believe to be the gardener. You talk for a moment or two and then, then your name is spoken, Mary. And in that instant, you recognise Jesus, your teacher, your friend. Jesus is alive. How do you feel now? Not surprisingly, you want to reach out and hug Jesus to hold on to him. But he wouldn't let you. He told you to go and find the others and tell them that he was going back to his father, going back to God. You do as you're told. Mary, Mary was a good friend of Jesus 
and yet she didn't recognise him standing outside of the tomb. And it's the same for us. When we meet someone we know in a different context, if we bump into someone in a different place, it takes us some time to recognise them, to place them. Mary recognised Jesus when he spoke to her, and in particular when she, he said her name. Most of us have, I think, quite distinctive voices. I wonder how many of you recognise who's on the end of the phone from the voice. You pick it up and they say no more than hello and you know who it is. I remember when I went to my first placement and I spoke in the church. At the door on the way out of church, a man spoke to me and he told me that he'd recognised my voice. He'd recognised my voice from the time that we had spent together at high school and university. But to the best of my knowledge, we had not spoken for 30 years. We recognise voices. And Mary recognised Jesus' voice. She'd spent many hours with Jesus, many hours of listening to him, so she would know his voice so well. She recognised him by his voice. We sometimes fail to recognise Jesus when we meet him. But the closer we get to knowing Jesus, the more likely we are to be able to recognise him at work around us and in the lives of other people and in the lives of ourselves. But it's strange too that however many years we've travelled with God, tuned into God's presence, believed we've known God's ways, we can be brought short in amazement. Catastrophe can bring down our world. We can feel that life has ended and yet and yet, as Christians, we discover God. We discover God bringing us through to the other side. But the price of God's new life for every one of us is always the same. We have to let go of our fixed, pre-packaged ideas of what God is like, of what we are like, and of what our neighbour is like. When we meet Jesus, our lives change. For loving Jesus is a call, if you like, to get out of the safety of the boat and to walk on uncharted waters. Even perhaps to surf adventurously down cascading waterfalls, having no idea where we're going. Scary stuff. And I speak as someone who hates going down water flumes. But the certainty that we have is of knowing within our bones that God is with us. God is with us, and there can be no end to the human ability to describe God's power. It bursts all bounds of our knowing. And the mystery of the empty tomb is that nothing, nothing at all, not illness, death, cruelty, treachery, or betrayal can separate us from the love of God. And so God's gift of new life, God's gift of newness of life, so today, on Easter Sunday, we remember the events that turned the world upside down. Remember the face? Let's turn it upside down. What a change. The face has changed because Jesus is alive. On Easter Sunday, everything was turned around. Let's look at these words again. 
Lies becomes truth. The truth of the resurrection. The truth that Jesus is alive. Hate becomes love. The love God has for each one of us. The love of Jesus so great that he gave up his life for us. The love that he calls us to share with one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. Love your enemies. For on this day, when we left Jesus dead in the tomb, we find that he is alive. He is alive and with us today, tomorrow and every day. What we thought was the end, or what the disciples thought was the end, was in fact the start. The start of Christianity, the start of a new covenant that God has made with his people. The seeming defeat turned into victory. All that was bad come good. And the sorrow that was felt on Good Friday has turned into the joy of this morning. For Jesus is alive. Jesus, his life, his death and his resurrection turned everything upside down. And today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, let us, like Mary, do as Jesus tells us. Let us go and share the good news with others, for Jesus is alive. Alleluia. To God be all glory and praise, now and forevermore. Amen. We worship God once again by singing hymn number 421, Our Lord Christ Hath Risen, hymn 421.
and now the choir will sing the anthem, which I believe includes Alleluia's. So they're so glad that the box was opened. And as we sing, our, as the choir sing the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward. will be led for us by Jan Phillips, one of our elders and our BB captain. And as I'm introducing Jan, I'm thinking, I'm also thinking that Mary recognised Jesus when he spoke his name. So if you go through for tea, coffee and sandwiches afterwards, share your names with one another, talk to one another, introduce yourselves. It's a good chance to get to know folks. So thank you, Jan. Let's pray. Father, especially on this Easter Sunday, we remember how much you've given to us, and in thanksgiving we bring our offerings of money in whatever way we make our givings for your work. More than our money, Lord, we bring ourselves, our talents and our time to be used to share the good news of Easter here in Paisley and beyond. Amen. Now let's pray for others. Lord, this week we've shared again the story of your final week on earth, and this morning we're once again filled with the joy of your resurrection. Creator God, on this day of new life and new beginnings, we thank you for the wonders of your creation as the world around us bursts into life and colour. Show us, Lord, how to look after your world better, to be good stewards and develop innovative ways to make good use of the world's resources. May we strive for a fairer distribution of food and energy as we care for the land, water and air that sustain and nourish us. God of peace, 
We pray for all the places of the world that need your peace, places where wars continue to threaten the stability of the nations and the lack of peace has caused so much destruction, places where people have had to flee their homes, their families destroyed, lives lost. In particular, Lord, we pray for Ukraine, for world governments to respond with compassion and wisdom, for church ministries and humanitarian organisations reaching out to refugees and for people who are opening their homes to offer safe refuge. We pray that whatever evil intends, that you, Lord, would turn it round for your glory, that in the midst of it all, the cross stands tall. Lord of comfort and peace, we ask that you be with all those who suffer pain and worry, those who are ill, especially those within our parish, those known to us and those we don't yet know. We pray for those whose hearts have been broken by the death of a loved one and ask that they know the comforting power of the resurrection of Jesus. Faithful God, as we go out into your world, we pray that we may reflect your love in our families, our church and our community, so that the world can witness that we are your followers. We ask all these prayers in the name of Jesus, our risen Saviour. Amen. Thank you, Jan. We close this morning's service of worship with the hymn 419, Thine Be the Glory, hymn 419.
May the risen Lord be with you as you serve him in the world. May his strength sustain you, his peace still you, and his love inspire you to live and love as he did. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.